This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. It's time for Pope Pope Parliament, where we bring you highlights from today's Day 1 Rakyat. So, kicking things off today, a question from Batupahat MP on Abu Bakar, who asked about the four Basatu MPs who have all but jumped ship. Now, on asked about the number of police reports lodged following allegations of enticement, bribery and threats to induce those MPs to side with the current administration. Okay, maybe a little bit of context is in order before we get into that. Last week on Friday, it was reported that Bersatu would be lodging a report with the MACC as well as the police after four of its MPs pledged their support for the unity government. Yeah, so Bersatu's president, Tan Sri said that there was evidence of intimidation and preferential treatment and that something was going on that violates the rules. Okay, so back to Parliament today, Home Minister Datuk Sri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail said that as of this morning, no reports have yet been lodged with the police or with the MACC. Sehingga pagi tadi, ketika para pegawai membantu saya untuk menyediakan jawapan, tiada satu pun aduan polis maupun SPRM yang dibuat terhadap dawaan wujudnya unsur habuan, umpan ataupun ugutan ekoran daripada tindakan beberapa orang ahli parlimen dari Perikatan Nasional yang menyatakan sokongan kepada Yang Amat Berhormat Tambun Tansyidi Pertua ugutan dia membabitkan tugasan polis umpan dan habuan itu termasuk dalam teritori SPRM tapi untuk tujuan menjawab pagi ini saya meminta kedua-dua agensi itu menyediakan dan uh, begitulah keadaannya uh, di sebalik apa yang disuarakan di luar hakikatnya sehingga hari ini saat ini momen ini tiada satu pun laporan yang dibuat terima kasih so, not missing a beat, Machang MP Wan Ahmad Faisal, Wan Ahmad Kamal stood up to argue that the party had lodged a report with the police late last night and that they would discuss this matter at a press conference later. Cuma saya nak perbetulkanlah yang Muhammad Menteri dan rakan-rakan dan dewan pada hari ini. Sebenarnya, satu laporan polis telah dibuat oleh Armada Bersatu Malaysia tengah malam semalam. Ya? Ada kata ini cakap-cakap kosong dan fitnah. Tidak. Kita ada fakta, kita ada kes. Dan laporan susulan SPRM akan dibuat. Selepas ini, Tuan Ibu Tua, kami akan buat sidang media untuk menjelaskan tentang laporan polis ini. Terima kasih. That was Machang MP Wan Ahmad Faisal, uh, Wan Ahmad Kamal. Now, to this, Saifuddin replied that if a report had been made, it would be looked into. He also suggested that maybe the four Bersatu MPs declared support for the PM because they felt confident in his leadership. Saya ucap Syabas, Machang dan Ahmadah bekerja sampai tengah malam untuk buat laporan polis. Hakikat bahawa polis menerima aduan menunjukkan polis juga profesional. Lah, ya? Baik. Tak ada masalah apa-apa, tak ada beza apa-apa. Saya ulangi kesediaan kita. Ada aduan, unsur ugutan, 
polis. Habuan sogokan itu SPRM. Section berapa? Section 16, Section 17. Saya bantu macam bila buat nanti SPRM, kod terus. Section 16, Section 17, Akta SPRM. Ya. Dan memang kita patut galakkan. Ya, sebab kalau tak kalau ada maklumat dan tak lapor itu jatuh juga kegagalan melaporkan tu pun satu kesalahan juga ya bila lapor berikan semua uh, apa yang disebut sebagai uh, bukti uh, kerana itu dalam aduan itu sertakan semua elemen yang dikatakan kedua-dua agensi maksud SPM pagi tadi ketika memberi taklimat kepada saya menyebut kesediaan mereka untuk menjalankan siatatan secara profesional dan di satu sisi lain, ya, ahli-ahli yang berhormat, sahabat-sahabat macam juga sebelum ini. Boleh jadi tindakan mereka itu kerana keyakinan mereka terhadap kepimpinan Perdana Menteri yang telah mengujudkan kestabilan politik, berusaha keras memulihkan ekonomi, menjamin kebajikan dan keadilan sosial kepada rakyat dan membalut semua itu dengan prinsip pemerintahan yang berasaskan kepada Practice of good governance, keyakinan mereka. That was Home Minister Datuk Sri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail on updates when it comes to police reports being lodged over those allegations that involved Persatu MPs jumping ship. Now moving on to a discussion on school bullying, Sabah Bernam MP Kalam Salan asked about the SOPs that schools have in place for complaints on bullying and he asked whether these cases are reported to the police or taken to court. So Education Minister Fadlina Sidek said that guidelines on dealing with this matter have been shared across all institutions under her purview. She then proceeded to outline the SOPs that schools needed to follow when they receive complaints of bullying. Untuk makluman ahli yang berhormat, standard operating procedure dengan izin atau SOP yang dilakukan oleh pihak sekolah setiap kali berlaku aduan mengenai kes membuli murid adalah seperti berikut yang berhormat. Pertama, menghubungi ibu bapa atau penjaga murid yang terlibat, pelaku dan mangsa. Kedua, menghantar dan mengiringi murid yang terlibat ke klinik atau hospital kerajaan atau one-stop crisis center dengan izin yang berdekatan untuk pemeriksaan fizikal sekiranya murid itu mengalami kecederaan fizikal atau gangguan emosi. Yang ketiga, memastikan aduan salah laku murid yang diterima direkodkan dalam sistem sahsiah diri murid atau SSDM. Yang keempat, memastikan laporan awal dilengkapkan menurut surat pekeling ikhtisas bilangan tujuh tahun 2011 pelaksanaan Standard Operating Procedure SOP dengan izin 137 pelaporan dan tindakan menangani isu disiplin murid satu hari aduan, tiga hari siasatan dan tujuh hari penyelesaian dan mengemukakan laporan awal kepada PPD serta laporan awal kepada JPN dan KPM. The Education Minister then explained the procedures for cases that were not criminal offences as well as cases that have been reported to the police. Bagi kes buli yang tiada kaitan dengan kesalahan jenayah mengikut undang-undang yang sedang berkuat kuasa, pihak sekolah akan mengendalikan kes tersebut mengikut kategori kesalahan disiplin seperti yang didaftarkan di peringkat sekolah. Manakala bagi kes yang dilaporkan kepada Polis Diraja Malaysia, pihak sekolah akan membantu PDRM dalam menyediakan beberapa dokumen yang berkaitan bagi melengkapkan proses siasatan. Laporan polis biasanya akan dibuat oleh doktor yang merawat mangsa atau waris mangsa, manakala tindakan selanjutnya bergantung kepada siasatan polis dan dan tindakan timbalan pendakwa raya. 
So uh, then uh, Sungai Petani MP shared that teachers had reported to him about students experiencing trauma, depression and demotivation after they were bullied and that parents too were often left to deal with this. So he wanted to know what mental health in- interventions were being instituted to address long-term effects of bullying, not only for students, but also for parents. Oh, sorry, completely lost my train of thought. So Fadlina (laughs) then explained that victims and perpetrators would be sent to guidance and counselling sessions. And she said that guidance teachers would provide appropriate interventions to make sure students are protected while the investigations are going on. Bagi kes yang berlaku di sekolah, mangsa dan pelaku akan dirujuk kepada guru bimbingan dan kaunseling untuk saksi kaunseling. Yang berhormat, kita mempunyai pasukan guru bimbingan dan kaunseling di dalam Kementerian Pendidikan Malaysia untuk menangani isu-isu buli tersebut. Guru bimbingan dan kaunseling akan memberikan intervensi bersesuaian bagi memastikan intervensi yang terkait rapat dengan kebajikan, keselamatan dan kesejahteraan murid terjaga uh, secara berterusan sebagai bentuk perlindungan sementara di sekolah bagi melindungi mangsa sewaktu siasatan dijalankan. That was Education Minister Fadlina Sidik telling the Dewan about the intervention processes that her ministry has implemented in response to bullying cases. However, there was no mention of what was being done uh, when it comes to parents involved in the situation, which was what the Sungai Petani MP had asked to begin with. Do let us know, did you experience bullying when you were at school? Do you think counselling sessions are helpful as a way of intervening? Do you think more needs to be done to help parents who are going through the situation as well? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, moving on to a discussion about our agri-food sector. Kota Malacca MP Ku Poe Tiong pointed out that there was a lack of interest uh, from the private sector to invest in agriculture. He asked how the government was thinking about encouraging this interest, uh, especially for pig rearing, as agro-banks only gave loans to halal produce. Agriculture and Food Security Minister Dato' Sri Mohamad Sabu explained that the agri-food sector was currently in the recovery stage following the decline during uh, the lockdowns and the pandemic, but that the government was in the process of facilitating this recovery. Memang sektor agro-makanan ini, termasuk penternakan, menurun dalam dua tahun kebelakangan dan sekarang sedang meningkat semula. Penurunan itu diantaranya punca yang utama adalah covid Covid di mana banyak pekerja-pekerja asing yang uh, balik atau tidak bekerja menyebabkan pengusaha mereka menurun. Dan peningkatan sekarang ini sedang berlaku. Begitulah kita lihat dalam sektor ayam. Sampai sekarang Alhamdulillah sudah berlaku pemulihan dan telur juga sedang berlaku pemulihan. Dan kita dah sampai ke sasaran sekarang ini sehingga bila kita uh, apungkan didapati harganya tidak naik dan ianya stabil di pasaran sekarang. Jadi yang lain-lain itu uh, memanglah mengambil masa sedikit untuk kita bukan kata naik uh, dasar sampai 2030 ini. Nak pulih daripada dua tahun yang lalu pun sekarang ini kita sedang berangsur terutama dalam hal daging. Begitu juga kalau kita kata dalam uh, uh, African Swine Fever. Ni apa ni sesama babi lah yang berasal dari Afrika ini memang kerajaan membantu mereka dari segi ganti rugi yang agak banyak dan sekarang di peringkat penyelesaian yang akhir iaitu satu pembayaran wang ehsan bagi wabak African Swine Fever 
8.1 juta sudah pun selesai bagi negeri Melaka dan Perak. Bagi fasa 2, 8.64 juta dalam proses pembayaran di Johor dan juga Pulau Pinang. Jadi bukan saja lembu, kambing, saja kena penyakit yang disubsidi oleh kerajaan termasuk babi. Sebab bagi kita, kesemua rakyat Malaysia adalah berhak untuk mereka hidup dan kita bersama dalam mendokong apa makanan mereka kita akan berusaha bersama. However, Mat Sabu, is, um, he's popularly known as, assured the House that interest from the private sector is coming in and that but that uh, results from certain agricultural activities would take time. Minat swasta datang sekarang ni banyak dah yang datang terutama nak buka ladang durian, nak buka ladang padi, nak buka ladang berbagai Minat swasta telah mulai pulih sekarang ini dan kerajaan cuba facilitate mereka supaya berlaku pemulihan dalam hal agro makanan ini dengan seberapa segera yang boleh. Tapi dia mengambil, saya kata tadi, tanam degian pun dia nak dapat hasil 6 tahun ya. Dia tak boleh tanam hari ini esok dapat hasil. Tapi kalau ayam tu cepat sikit, 3-4 bulan dah dapat hasil. Tapi berlaku pemulihan sekarang. Ini yakinlah apa yang sedang diusahakan oleh semua rakyat sekarang ini. Then uh, Bukit Gantang MP Datuk Syed Abdul Hussein uh, Hafiz Syed Abdul Faz- Fazal then brought up complaints from paddy farmers about the lack of rice seeds in the market. And he also asked why some were being sold above its control price. He emphasised the uh, significance of this issue as it meant that some paddy farmers were unable to plant rice this season. So the minister said that the authorities were on this case and that arrests had been made in 20 locations. He went on to warn that stern action would be taken against those found to be hoarding rice seeds. Kalau ada persembunyian benih padi, kita harap mereka jangan sorok. Kita akan bertindak kali ini, kita tak kira. Dah berlaku, dah penangkapan di 20 tempat. Jangan ada berlaku sorokkan benih padi. Ini kita beri amaranlah kepada mereka semua supaya bekerjasama. Soal harga dan sebagainya kita runding kemudian lagi. Tapi nak bagi orang tanam padi mesti disegerakan. Kita tak boleh gunakan suasana begini untuk menekan satu perkara supaya mereka capai cita-cita mereka dengan menyeksa orang lain. Ini kita beri jaminanlah kita akan bertindak dengan sebaik mungkin supaya padi dapat ditanam di tahun ini mengikut jadual. Next, the MPs moved on to a discussion on e-hailing operations. Jalau MP Datuk Larry Sun uh, asked for updates on the meeting that the ministry had with several operators of e-hailing companies. At this meeting, uh, there was a review of fares, which was said to be too low and are detrimental to workers in the gig economy. Now, this, of course, isn't a new issue. It was brought up back in April as well. And Transport Minister Anthony Loke said that this is a complex issue and that if a ceiling price was fixed by the government, this would mean that customers also had to pay higher fares. He explained that there were many factors influencing the prices of a trip on an e-hailing ride, and that's why the prices remained flexible. He said that the e-hailing companies had encouraged drivers to focus on primary locations through several incentives, uh, but that essentially the government has no plans to interfere with pricing. Penentuan harga lantai tambang e-hailing adalah kompleks dan perlu diimbangi antara pemandu dan pengguna. Sekiranya harga lantai ditetapkan, harga tambang kepada pengguna juga mungkin meningkat. Pemboleh ubah seperti kesesakan trafik, cuaca, jarak, masa, jumlah permintaan dan jumlah penawaran menentukan padanan tampahan dengan penawaran secara langsung 
Justru itu, harga tambang juga fleksibel mengikut padanan faktor semasa. Pihak Agensi Pengangkutan Awam Darat telah mengadakan perbincangan dengan pemain utama industri e-hailing. Dan maklum balas diterima adalah, yang pertama, syarikat memberikan galakan kepada rakan pemandu untuk beroperasi di kawasan tumpuan melalui insentif yang ditawarkan oleh syarikat masing-masing bagi memenuhi permintaan semasa. Dua, sebagai contoh, salah satu syarikat penyedia perkhidmatan e-hailing membuat penawaran insentif secara seminggu lebih awal kepada pemandu melalui notifikasi aplikasi pemandu. Tawaran insentif yang diumumkan boleh membantu rakan pemandu merancang waktu operasi yang sesuai dan jumlah pendapatan yang disasarkan. Sebagai kesimpulan, kerajaan masih belum berhasrat untuk mengawal selia tambang e-hailing buat masa kini. Sekian, terima kasih. That was Transport Minister Anthony Lok. Do weigh in. Do you think the government should uh, intervene and set a ceiling price for e-hailing rights? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. That's all for today's session of Parliament. Just a quick recap. A number of different things came up. We heard about um, SOPs for schools when they get re- uh, reports on bullying. How to encourage interest in investment in our agricultural sector from uh, private partners in particular and finally on whether the government should implement ceiling prices when it comes to e-hailing rides. Do weigh in. Once again, that number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. 2900 Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for your messages. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. So on Pope Pope Parliament, uh, a number of different things came up. Amongst them, the SOPs for schools when they receive reports of bullying, but also whether they are providing support for parents who are involved in, uh, well, involved when their children are either bullied or bullies themselves. Yeah, there was a moment of PTSD for you just now as well. I <laughs> no, I, I, I was just uh, so um, carried away with this thought of parents also requiring <laughs> help in, in this structure. Uh, but also a conversation around whether the government should implement ceiling prices to e-hailing rights. So do weigh in. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So on the question of e-hailing rides and a ceiling price, Equanimity says our local red and white taxis have a ceiling price. So why not for e-hailing? Every time I take an e-hailing car, I tip the driver extra. Some drivers have been in tears receiving tips. There have been many other topics about transformation that also need to be addressed, like e-hailing stickers, advertising stickers on car, and so on. Um, So, equanimity, that's actually quite an interesting point in terms of with a ceiling price, perhaps then the onus rests on the customer to tip or not tip, depending on the level of service they get. Uh, But Sharad, you rely on e-hailing rides quite often. Desperately. Yes, I know. For for all mobility. Um, And I'm curious about what you think. Do you think that um, a ceiling price would in fact be the way to go? I think the ceiling price issue does in fact come up every time we see uh, phenomenal rises in in the price of a fare that you you might take ordinarily, right? Right? So something be double the price. Uh, and, and maybe for no apparent reason, or maybe the reasons are quite obvious. It's raining, uh, you know, there are bad jams and so on. So I think um, for I think for somebody like me who, who doesn't drive and doesn't have a car and needs and depends 
depends on public transport. All I want to see essentially is uh, choice. I wanted more choices uh, that allow me to make decisions about what I'm willing to pay. So the ceiling price, and I understand is what is at stake here, is that the whether it would have the unintended consequence of reducing the number of cars on the that are offering this service. That are willing to take up the yeah, ride. Yeah, because it's, yeah. All, it's all voluntary, right? I mean, voluntary in the sense that, okay, well, I mean, the, the taxi driver was voluntary in the sense that he didn't have to work that day. He or she didn't have to work, right? So uh, what would a ceiling price do? And I think uh, I would like to hear from the business end uh, of the story about the consequences, the unintended consequences of such a move. Yeah, because... So this is the thing with uh, a lot of these disruptive services, right? The e-hailing industry first came about with this notion of democratizing, uh, the you know, rides and who ri- who was the driver and who's the rider and so on. And um, this notion of supply and demand, you know, you pay what uh, and that driver can choose whether to take the ride or not and so on and so forth. Of course, we've come some way from that. Uh, we've realized that capital forces are always going to become a problem in this Um I do think that having a ceiling price might end up having exactly that impact. The other problem is that for us here, unlike other countries, there hasn't been a viable competitor alternative to, say, Grab. Um, There are a few different ones that are now slowly coming up. But I wonder also whether then um, with a ceiling price in place, we would see fewer cars for people to take. Um, And also this notion of tips is something that I don't know whether we've entirely, um, whether we've become an, a, a society of people who are willing to make up for the price with the tips. Um, and so then fewer drivers as well, because if it's not a viable way to make a living, we're going to see fewer and fewer people driving. Yeah, in fact, you know, I tip, but I only tip at the start of a process, right? So there, there are some platforms that allow you to um, tip when, in fact, there are no cars or, you know, taking right. the ride. You, right, you have the base price yeah. and, then and then you, then you add it. Add to it, yeah. right? So that might be an incentive. Sometimes it doesn't work because there's just no cars. But um, but that's but I, I rarely and sometimes you tip because it's been a good ride and you like the person or something. But I, I don't know how typical that is. But I must say, equanimity. I've never reduced anybody to tears. <laughs> by tipping them. I mean, they, you know, Perhaps and also just the, not tipping enough, Shirahad. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is actually the crux of the matter. <laughs> so on to, um, well, actually, if you'd like to weigh in on a ceiling price for e-hailing rides, do send your thoughts through. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Now, very quickly, on the subject of uh, bullies in school, TIDJ says, I was bullied and I believe I may have also bullied when I was older. Yes, students need counselling. Yes, parents too need counselling. But I question the capability and competency of school counsellors if they approach this with a binary mindset of right and wrong because then their counselling will do little to help. Yeah, a little help or might do more damage. Mm. So the question, I guess, TIDJ, is whether we can commit ourselves to improving the quality of that counselling, right? That that uh, schools are, in fact, equipped, that a teacher is going through treated training, uh, get the basics of counselling and know, you know, when not to be judgmental and when perhaps nudging somebody in one direction or the other is a good thing. And uh, But at the end of the day, yeah, maybe today they're not competent. Uh, they could be tomorrow if, we, if the government of the day in, decides to invest, no? 
Um, invest is absolutely it. And I think particularly if we're talking about parents um, also needing counselling from school counsellors, it's a whole other set of skills, right? Because it's not just about um, talking to children with whom there's a certain kind of power dynamic and a, and a sense of an adult and a child. But with parents, there's other factors that come into play. So I absolutely agree that while we may not have had the best examples um, from schools in terms of being able to manage these situations. I do think it means that we need to be investing in these sorts of services. Do weigh in. Once again, that number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. 932 Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.